This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Accidents can happen, be they plane crashes, alien shipwrecks, motel break-ins. That's why insurance is important. This week's episode of The Bloom Files is sponsored by our friends over at Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com. Truth is out there. And here, who knows? Either way, we are opening up the Bloom Files here on Poster Recaps and X Files First Watch slash Rewatch Podcast. Got a double header for you as we're boarding the plane to take off into the two episode flight that is Tempest Fugit and Max. I'm, of course, joined by my co pilot here <laughs> who uh, has another reason to add to the list of why she's not going to get on a plane. For a little while, Angela Bloom. Yeah, but I don't really have a fear of flying. Do you? I mean, I don't, but I would now say I watching this. And also <laughs> considering that the episode opens up with, you know, that that guy, right? Being like, oh, yeah. the planes never crash. Of yeah. course, I don't think he counted for alien involvement. But no. who does on this show, really? Um, But it, they should always account for alien involvement. I will say, though, that me and you both had some visceral reactions because there were a lot of babies on these planes. Yeah, I mean, what I will say is uh, it was a well-done mm-hmm. couple of crash sequences that they yeah. showed. But the research that I did showed that essentially this two-parter came about because, like, one of their uh, VFX people or one of their production mm-hmm. people was like, Hey, I built this model of a Boeing plane. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to crash that. Yeah. And then they were, he was like a rig capable of simulating a crashing plane, basically, is what yeah. this guy built. So like, they're like, okay, yeah, I guess we might as well use it. You're going to give me yeah. the toy. I'm going to play and with it. And that's sort of why they brought back this entire character and all that yeah, sort of stuff. This was interesting in many ways because it wasn't just Max. No. And I know that that's, <laughs> uh, of course, the always great Spencer talked to talk about this as well. And his feedback is that. You know, we've been dealing so much with, like, the syndicate, cigarette-smoking man side of the conspiracy with the government and Mm -hmm. aliens and everything, colonization. But now it seems like we're just dealing with more miscellaneous aliens in this case, because this is is linking back to Fallen Angel, where it was actually the government was trying to capture the, like, predator-esque invisible creature. Yeah, so it's a little confusing, because I do think they didn't know... Um, what they were doing in that early episode with Max. Right. And now they have a little bit more, um, 
clarity about the storyline and all of that. And they're trying to like weave him into it. So you can't really go back and say like, oh, in that episode with Max. Yeah. Like, oh, it really planted the seeds. For yeah. No, because like the aliens are completely different. Yeah. And like, it's like, yes, they have radioactive things going on. But like, what does right. that I mean, even mean? We saw that in Fallen Angel, too. Right. Those were like the because yes. that was the episode where Mulder broke into like the military yeah. headquarters mm-hmm. when they were trying to cover up the UFO crashing. But yeah, I just thought it was an intriguing thing to go back to all the way back in season one. And I, I know that the, the actor who played Max had actually been like, be, like, hey, you want to have me back on the X-Files? And they're like, we feel like he was That's shady. too much of a, you know, too big of a character to bring him back unceremoniously. Right. So he needed then, to have some like clarification. But then when this happens, <laughs> that's that's interesting compared to what they said. Right. Yeah. Not to say that this was a waste of Max, but look, I'll come right out and say it. I was waiting the entire two episodes for him to pop back up. After no, no, he he's dies. dead. Yeah, that was <laughs> he dies within like the first five seconds. The show has nothing to really do with him at that point. It's just more like his like his legacy, which is interesting because like, I think, listen, I got fooled by the episode title. The he second did. episode was called Max. And you can talk firsthand about the fact that while we were watching the entire time, I was like, yeah, but then he comes back. Yeah. So I. He doesn't, though. He doesn't. That's it's it's like I admire the the sort of go get itiveness mm-hmm. of it because I don't think a lot of shows would do that, especially after going through all this, really holding this character away from the show for so right. long purposely and then saying, well, nobody is safe. But I also feel like it was kind of a waste. Yeah. At the same no, time. No, it's true. I think that it's like it, they did what they could with it and they felt like, OK, Let's, um, you know, let's use this character to help us crash our plane, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that being said, again, the, the, the plane crashings themselves are very well done. Well done. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're like visceral, as you said, for a reason, especially when we get like the, the replay that Mulder provides. But right. here we have the cold open where I guess we see it play out. I mean, this is a lot of pre, you know, twenty uh, first century airport stuff uh-huh. too. Right? <laughs> yeah, we mentioned a couple times that Mulder was doing some stuff that would just not fly. He was just like walking into airports, being like, "I'm a federal agent. Here's my badge that I could have easily faked." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I will say also, uh, I don't know if this like is the flight attendant did like a first pass with a cart, but is now just like walking all, all about not really like i don't know if that that changed in recent years but i think so it was, yeah. yeah it was a weird sight to just watch someone like walking around without yeah. anything, anything to uh to cart around yeah exactly but um max is here he's got a haircut he does have a haircut i asked you a few times um what do you prefer Long hair Max, short hair Max, and he said short hair Max. One hundred and fifty. So I think he looks cooler, but like from a personal grooming perspective. But I think long hair Max is more like the vibe. I, long hair Max, I think when you look at him, you more so get the vibe, right? Of like, oh yeah, this is a guy in his trailer who like plays this weird UFO grungy song yeah. on loop. But I, I just for his own personal aesthetic, for the actor's aesthetic, I, I'm happy that he didn't have like the long, stringy Chris Elliott and scary movie. <laughs> I two think that hair. was his hair, though. It did not look like a wig. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine so. Again, if if the X Files has uh, not kept his number in their phone book as to like, yeah, yeah like yeah, I'm gonna go out and get a haircut and try to get other jobs. I'm not gonna keep growing my hair out <laughs> to think that maybe the X Files might bring me back. <laughs> like coughing because I think it's funny thinking about somebody who's like growing their hair. Um, 
out just to get a job on the X-Files. Exactly. Oh, wait, I have to look the freakiest I am so the X-Files might hire me as a day player, and then from a day player, I become a lone gunman, and then from there, anything's possible. Exactly. I think that makes sense to me. So, I mean, Max is a little jumpy. We'll find out later exactly what he's hiding, but in this moment... Max is very jumpy. (laughs) Yeah, he feels, or he's flighty, I guess, in a manner of speaking. But he feels... Tempest Fugit. Yeah, he feels uh, in this case that, like, Someone's watching him, and someone is. Uh, this is a big episode full of, like, again, uh, just, like, you know, faceless, nameless white guys uh, who represent the big government. We're going to get the, the main guy is going to be, like, this this Tom Selleck-esque mustachioed man that's going to play a part throughout parts one and two. But here yeah. is a bald guy uh, who was saddled, unfortunately, with the duty of tailing Max on the plane mm-hmm. and then, like, going into the bathroom, basically assembling a gun and was about another very sketchy thing yeah, that would yeah, never happen. And was about to kill him when everything goes haywire. Yeah. yeah, which was like you know typical X Files fashion for an opening scene where things just kind of like oh aliens ah yeah exactly. So uh, as we cut back from the credits, happy birthday, Dana Scully. It's a birthday. If I say it's your birthday. So, Spencer said that Scully's official birthday is February 23rd, 1964. Good for her. So, I guess this episode, I'm assuming, takes place on February 23rd. I, it must, yes. What a sucky birthday now. Like, she's gonna, she's gonna have some pretty traumatic yeah. things happen to her. Well, I don't think, I don't see Dana Scully as someone who celebrates her birthday, like, in an uproarious fashion. You know, it's like, she probably is the one person that one of those people that's like, eh, don't don't buy me anything. So I was confused about this place. So is this like a bar that they frequent? Yeah, it's like a local pub that like okay. people that go to the FBI or work at the yeah. FBI go to. It's pre- do, in Washington. Do they show this place often? Not often, but okay. it is shown before. But this is different than randomly lighted diner that Skinner was at. Remember, it's possibly the same, but okay. I, it's never like mentioned that it's the same. But it's well, like they at least I want to. I would say, oh, at least they have, a a, they have a dessert kitchen, but mm-hmm. no, because they outright stick a candle and half a hostess snowball and give it to Scully as a birthday dessert. I enjoyed it. I thought it was Do cute. you like snowballs? No. Because, yeah, it's, what, it's, like, it's like coconut around sponge cake or something. Yeah, it's not not good. No, I would, that would not be my hostess dessert of choice, but that, I'm assuming that also comes from Mulder, so you know that like he picked the quirkiest of all the... No, it's the, whatever the... the it, he didn't pick it. He said, it's her birthday. Bring her out something. Yeah, though, yeah, it's good. But of course, Mulder's doing the, you know, oh, I didn't know it was your birthday thing. mm -hmm. I also, I'm wondering if this is a David Duchovny thing, but like, he claps (laughs) well beyond (laughs) the window for clapping closes. It probably is. You know, they sing the happy birthday song, which I did many times back in my days as a server. uh, And then like, everyone's clapping, and then Mulder claps. But I want to say, like, three times the length of which there was <laughs> clapping, period. Yeah. And while he's talking, he's still clapping. Uh, it's it's truly Mulder fashion for him to be just a little off. Even when people are singing happy birthday, he's got to do it his way. Mm-hmm. And so Scully gets a little gifty from Moldy here. Yeah, gets an, a keychain. Um, it's a hefty keychain. like Apollo the, 11 keychain. Yeah, but it, it looks like the size of, like... I don't know the size of like. No, uh, it's a, one of those keychains you get like in the gift shop. Yeah, but I don't know just how that that fits in your pocket. I don't think it's supposed to. It's supposed to go on your keys. Yeah, it's just chunky. You don't want one. I mean, I don't want. I'm, I'm w- seeing right now on Google that you can buy them. 
Apollo 11 keychain that Mulder gives Scully. What's the diameter? It doesn't say. All right. I like, I would like a smaller <laughs> diameter than what, than what maybe what Mulder gave Scully. Though I guess Scully's gonna, though I guess the, the it doesn't have the quote that Scully's gonna say at the end of the second episode, right? She just knows no, her she Apollo makes, 11 stuff. She knows her Apollo 11 stuff and she also like, um, is talking about, um, like how it's significance at the end of the episode. Yeah, exactly. But at the moment, you know, Scully's like, why did you get me a, freaking keychain that's what you get so like it your- is significant and i will say that we will see this keychain again Ooh. in season eight season eight wow yes i actually okay, don't so know they really, we- they really maxed this one right yeah i don't know if we will see that but i can't remember if we're actually going to watch an episode of season mm. eight that is relevant at all but um because that's not a good season but yeah oh well, yeah because that was the non-molder season yeah right? it's the dog it season the robert patrick season. yes um so but we will it, it does appear again so it's it's definitely relevant um you know I, I don't know. And Mulder no, says it, he thought it was a pretty cool keychain. But yeah, like, I was going to say, like, and she ends up attributing meaning to it, despite yes, the fact exactly. that that's something you like get your nephew when you go to Cape Canaveral or something. You know, right? Like, oh, but yeah, I do think something. it's like, um, I do think it's like to Mulder means something because like the Apollo Eleven mission is about sort of like sacrifice and not giving up and mm-hmm. all that kind of thing. And maybe he thinks like it's perseverance for cancer for her or something. I don't know. Well, the the best gift that Scully gets is a new face in her life. By the name of Sharon, Sharon. Uh, who at least in this moment claims she is Max's sister. Right. Right. Because she says that, oh, Max was in communication. I'm sorry. Did we skip Agent Pendrel? Uh, Pendrel? No, because I, mean, I guess Pendrel's here. But he's, he's here. He's like flirting. He's being cute. Well, I mean, listen, he's going to have a much his last moments. larger role to play. This is the happiest he's ever going to be Aww, in this episode. Probably, though. He loves R.I.P. Agent Piscotti, a.k.a. Pendrel. Agent Piscotti. <laughs> Such a dumb name. <laughs> well, I didn't mean to. I just, that for some reason, I thought his name was Viscotti. Why would you think that? It was a very long day. Okay. So Sharon is essentially here on behalf of Max, basically saying, like, right. oh, if anything went wrong, Max told me to find you. It's very much like a Desmond Daniel Faraday type of thing. Uh, and this is where she reveals that, like, Max, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. didn't make it. But we get that... We sort of get introduced to who Mulder and Scully are going to collaborate with over the course of these two episodes, which is like... It's like the National Transportation Safety Board, right? Like, this that's the, the specific facet of the government they're working with, not the FBI or the CIA or anything like that. Yeah, so I think it's just government agency yeah well i think it's i think there's a specific they do say csi or cia csi they say cia later so i think it's a branch of the cia i think there's a branch of the cia that deals specifically with like transportation disasters like plane crashes you know train wrecks etc a lot about that Uh, and that's and that's what they're dealing with right here including this guy i don't know what his name is uh but he starts off a little bit of a jerk <laughs> um i'm sure i can find out but yes he is a bit of a jerk um and he's just I mean, but to be fair he's just doing his job yeah and he has Mulder come in who he doesn't know from adam right and is yeah like, well i know you're gonna do a good investigation but please chief investigator it. mike miller mike miller also the name of somebody who you broke their nose oh i did that's where the name came from maybe that's why i don't like him it's because i broke his nose um <laughs> He plays uh, FBI Special Agent Tobias for now on NCIS. His name is Joe Spano. Oh, like as related to Jesse Spano. 
the fictional character from Stay by, by the Bell? Okay. I don't think so. All right, so Mike Miller, <laughs> double M here. Uh, so I mean, to be fair, when Mulder comes in and says. You're going to conduct a very thorough investigation. I appreciate that. But also, aliens might be involved. Mm-hmm. Like, he, deserve- he, oh God, he deservedly so gets laughed out of the room. Yeah, because, like, this is a conversation you have with him after the meeting's over. Like, you just listen to the meeting. You don't, like, you don't submit your weird alien Is, is that there. sort of like uh, an FBI, like, hierarchy thing of, like, listen, I'm a little more qualified about this than you people are. I so guess let me so. speak up. But, like, I- no, it seems weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this is the National Transportation Safety Board. Yes, yeah, so that's an NTSB. Um, <laughs> You're so good at that. Mike is so good at saying acronyms that's my like superpower. very quickly. All right, like here, if, here, come up, come up with something. And I, I'll do I it. can't off the I can't off the top of my head. I C O T O M H. It's very quick. I I have to think about that kind of stuff. Like it, it's, it's the most my- useless power I could possibly possess. Superpower. But I'm an X man nonetheless. You can't find things in our own home. but nope. You can come up with acronyms. Unfortunately, that's my brain. Is like I have to lose one skill and gain another. He can't find anything. I I have a tough time. You like to throw out the phrase "it coulda bit ya," which Mike didn't know was a phrase, and I I I still don't think it's a phrase. It's a common phrase because it's if a sna- if it were a snake, it would have bit you. Right. Meaning, like it's right in front of you. But I don't. And you're, how you're not- often does someone say, "If it was a snake, it could have bit you"? I say it a lot. Well, because so. that's because I can't find anything. Because you, exactly. That's, <laughs> so if somebody is that in your life that isn't uh, good at finding things, they probably say it all the time. Well, now I guess we've we've thrown that phrase out to people who don't because I feel like a lot of people don't. Uh, but let's let's go to the the Rude. plane because they're they're not able if if the plane. Was was a snake it couldn't have bit them because the plane and the snake are gone yeah the plane and the snake are gone yes um but they do have uh like they basically have like some aspects of the plane i guess like and they brought it to a warehouse and they're like the ntsb nsb and yeah they they sort of like (laughs) nbc boom 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 yeah they they like start laying out these these bodies Mm -hmm. that they find uh we do find that bald assassin guy is like cut in half yeah and basically and this guy uh a man in black mustache man mustache man steals the zip gun from the assassin's body and And also and also like face and fingerprints with acid i was gonna say like he just has a little like pest control spigot that they just spray with acid to be like oh you can't can identify who you are that was icky. Yeah. <laughs> like, that happened in the crash. Well, do, do, do. Let's speak of more season one callbacks, Angela, because Mulder finds out through looking at some wristwatches that the yes. people on board the plane lost nine minutes. They lost that time, baby. I mean, so Tempest Fugit, I, this is one of my favorite episode titles yet. Yeah, so you didn't even get this until we started talking about the episode title, because I was like, I don't remember what that means. And you said it means time flies. And it's pretty funny. It works on so many because levels. Because they were flying... And in and time was also moving yeah. backwards. And you could also say like time flies and that it's been a while since they've seen Max. Yeah, and you can say time flies because life is fleeting. <laughs> in a very sad way, I guess. Yeah, that's probably the most <laughs> Don't forget, Scully has cancer. I guess that's true. Yeah, they're not gonna it talk always about bleeds every fifteen minutes just to remind and you. Mulder just got her a keychain for her birthday, yeah. just to remind her about that. That's it though. Yeah. His best friend that has cancer, he got her a keychain. So Sharon you know, they do a little bit of a deep dive on Max because they're like, oh, Max is here. Uh, yeah. What's been going on? I think they they will find out in a few minutes that Max is dead. 
He ain't yes. coming back. They like zip him up in a bag and everything. Mm-hmm. But they find out that since we've last left Max, like three in the past three years, he's basically just been on the run. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this is due to him feeling like he's being pursued or just him being like super all over the place. Yeah, like a manic person. But one of the things that this is going to be, of course, the typical Scully line of thinking is that like, what did she say? He worked at a, an energy plant mm-hmm. where they handle uranium, uranium and plutonium. So like a la Back to the Future uh, he stole plutonium from the Libyans, yeah. and now so they're Scully's, after him. Yeah, Scully's saying that he must have taken something radioactive with him on the plane, because all of the people have burns, especially the guy that was sitting next to him who's still alive, actually. Right. He was for, like, a hot second, yeah. They found him in the wreckage, but then they said, like they said after the commercial break, that he died, so. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, they, Scully's like, yeah, no, he definitely brought something on board, and, and this is when Sharon's like, oh, BT Dobbs, I'm not his sister. Yeah, uh, so... So, I mean, but this is also when, uh, well, they're, they're going to find out about Sharon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's in the next episode. Here, she gets abducted. Oh, right. That's She's right. just hanging out in her motel room, and then bright light comes, door gets blown off the hinges. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mulder also, you know, he, he, he is a little lingering around this Max idea, because he finds his card on his, on Max's body, yes. and so he's like, there's something he here. He was coming to see me. Something must have happened. Uh, and so we get a typical, you know, back and forth. I do like a Mulder. Why can't you accept the facts? Because there are no facts, Scully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's basically what <laughs> what the little warehouse argument is essentially yeah. is that Mulder, surprise, surprise, is insisting no, this aliens this were coming. Aliens were coming for Max here, and Scully's saying, "I listen. I know I've seen a lot, but I draw the line at that." Yeah, and Scully's also like, "But why would why would they have Max's body then?" Like, yeah. he would have been taken. Yeah, and- but but Mulder does convince Scully to stay on board with this emotional plea, right? He's like, we owe it, you know, they lost nine minutes. We owe it to all the, these people who died and their families to find out what happened in those nine minutes. All right. I don't disagree. But it's also, like, not a great plea for Scully. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> She's I, heard that before. And I think at this point, Scully's like, sure. Like, as much as I might deny it, I'll go along with what you're saying, Mulder. Right, and after I ident- all the wristwatches have also been taken from all of the bodies. Yeah, so after Mulder yeah. saw that nine minutes lost, like they basically all got confiscated. Yeah, so it was like that's proof. Yeah, for him. and so now we're going to bring in a new facet into all of this. Again, m- maybe a bit of a callback to Fallen Angel is the military. Uh huh. So we're going to be meeting with uh, Sergeant Frisch. Is going to be... No, I don't remember. Such a doofy name, that guy. Sergeant Frisch. Uh, Sergeant Frisch was like the air, um, the air traffic controller. Wait, but his first name is Lewis, and I just have to tell a little anecdote about how I was interviewing a candidate yesterday. Okay. And his name was also Lewis, but I picked up the phone and I said, Hi, may I please speak with Luis? <laughs> like, as if he were French. And I said it in a way like, Louis? Yeah, like, oh, hello, Louis. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry. May I please speak with Louis? Bonjour, Louis. And he hung up on me so i had to call him back wow so and got- i had to say i'm i left him a voicemail and said i'm so sorry i said your name incorrectly wait so do you think it was a prank phone call that someone was calling yes i think he Louis? thought it, i think he thought it was a, a spam call because i oh interesting even though he was expecting a phone call from a recruiter at that time but anyway yeah. that's my little anecdote about louis i mean to be fair you were also selling him some weight loss supplements so skinny tea 
<laughs> like flat tummy tea. Flat tummy tea. Exactly. Oh, that would be. I was going to say that maybe the X Files could tackle that, but they also did come back in 2016. So I, I would not. And be I so- do feel like that. Uh, that's a little bit of a Doctor Who rip off. Yeah, th- yeah, because there was that what the thing where like the fat yeah the, jumped off um, and like became its own yeah. species, which was like such a gross episode. Yeah, but I do feel like X Files tackling MLM would it would be an interesting concept. Is that next on our? Uh- Post show recaps, rewatch, rewatch. Doctor Who. Yeah, I feel Maybe. like Josh is like uh, talking about how he all he does is rewatch shows, rewatches, and then we gotta watch Doctor Who. It's it's gotta be one. I think it depends. Uh, I think you know maybe specifically like the Christopher Eccleston through Matt Smith. Oh here. yes, no, we're not going back and watching the ones from the sixties. No, but I'm also meaning I don't think we're we, like you and I have watched a fair amount of the Peter Capaldi stuff, and I don't think it's our jam. So I got through the whole thing, and I got to the Jodie Wood stuff and mm. i really like jody whitaker but then there was a point where i didn't have access to it so yeah. i dropped off it, it's very hard to watch like in real time because it doesn't air and yeah then you have to like wait and then you have to i don't know but anyway this is not a doctor who podcast this is an x-files podcast all right well let's yeah, yeah it's sort of the timey-wimeyness and mm-hmm. and well i mean there's timey-wimeyness again happening here with there the disappearing is. time but for right now the military involvement is that this guy sergeant louis frisch uh, he was the air traffic control guy who was like, cause I guess this plane flew into military airspace. Yes. And so now there's a bit of a mystery where he's saying like, Oh, nothing happened. Uh, when it turns out that the truth and he's going to end up revealing it, that basically like he was tasked with being yeah. told to bring the plane down. Exactly. Um, which is wild. <laughs> yeah. And so, again, like, he initially denies it, but then we see that the guy that was sitting with him, this was confusing. The guy that he was... Just a colleague, I guess. Was it a colleague, or was he in? Was he also one of the air traffic controllers? I think he was also one of the air traffic controllers, but, like, he's arguing with him over whether they should tell about what they yeah, and so Yeah, and so Frisch is like, we have to lie. So I think both of them did it. Yeah, but well, like, both of them were in the room. Yeah. But there's a scene where Frisch, like, goes to visit his partner, and yes. his his partner is dead. Right. And I'm still wondering whether he killed himself or if someone killed him and made it seem like a suicide. I think someone killed him and made it seem like a suicide. Are you sure? Is that, or is that too much like a molder brain? Like, oh, it's it's a big conspiracy. I, I mean, there's no answer. They don't tell you. Yeah. But that's my thinking. I don't know, because then in that case, why would Frisch get pushed to do, like, the exact opposite thing then, right? Because, like, that's going to be the reason why it's he goes faked, to Scully. It's for sure a faked suicide. You think so? Yeah. But why it was done is, like, still kind of questionable. Yeah. But meanwhile, Mulder and Scully are going to be distracted by the fact that Sharon's gone and, and the door has been blown out. Uh, we get, of course, typical thing of an X-Files two-parter in particular. Mm-hmm. Mulder and Scully are up for an inordinate amount of time. I believe they're up for like 36 hours at this point. Yeah, and they also are spending a lot of money again. Yeah, because they're... <laughs> something to track. Yeah, because they go visit Sharon's motel room, right? And they're like, right, how are we going to... I don't know if this is covered by insurance. They're like, yeah, we'll take care of it. We're the yeah. government. Yeah, they spend a lot of government money on their X-Files endeavors. Yeah, and so this is going to be... Uh, we're going to get a little bit of a separation mm-hmm. first, but because after, after Frisch sort of tells the truth about what he did. They go to Mike Miller about Mm -hmm. it. Mike Miller doesn't believe him at first, but then we get like a car chase happening. Well, doesn't that, don't they also Miller tells them at that point that the door was pulled off the plane from the outside while it was in flight. I think he mentions that too. Yeah. Well, cause cause Mulder's going to present this theory and he'll bring it up at the beginning of the next episode that yes, Frisch may have talked about how, okay, you know, that had the, this plane might have blown this other one out of the air, but Mulder believes, due to that fact, that there was actually a third, a third aircraft, plane, yeah. aka a UFO, 
that showed up and sort of like, uh, you know, surprised everybody and right. that then an abduction attempted to happen. And then, you know, the plane gets shot out of the air. Yeah. So it destroyed the second aircraft that the air traffic control people were sending after the first aircraft yeah. and then caused Flight 549 to get stuck and crash. Yeah, exactly. So a mess. it's a big mess before they can head out to to investigate, though, they're going to get. They're going to get into a nice little, like, car yeah, drive chase. under a landing plane. Yeah, very Fast and the Furious, <laughs> yeah. where uh, they Mulder decides to really risk it all. This is, I guess, the, is it, like, the airplane equivalent of driving on the railroad tracks, like, right before the train crosses through? <laughs> I of guess so. Driving under a plane that's coming in the opposite way? Yeah, it's a little, uh, a little bold. <laughs> it's very bold. I wonder how they filmed this scene. I don't know. But, <laughs> essentially, they decide to separate here yes. uh this is when mike miller like is investigating i think he's i think he's investigating flight 349 right 549 yeah uh and he finds sharon he does and then sharon. a big ass bright light from a ufo shines down on him yeah exactly um and encounters the ufo <laughs> yeah and he, he for all the denying he can rightfully do now he has seen the real deal mm-hmm. essentially uh, and then Mulder is going to go go for a little bit of a dive, go for a bit of a swim to see if he can find any wreckage underwater of this third aircraft. And then meanwhile, Scully is going off with Agent Frisch to sort of interrogate him. Sergeant further. Frisch. Sergeant Frisch. I'm so sorry. Uh, back at the bar. Yeah, which is wild. Why would you bring him to the bar to investigate? But I guess she thinks that he's being hunted by the government. So she doesn't think anywhere is really safe for him. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, it's I can understand it because Spencer pointed this out. Out to us this mustachioed man like incredibly bold of him yeah to in a crowded bar because mm-hmm. you would imagine we've seen this time and time again in this show in particular if you need to take someone off the board you do it carefully and you do it quietly you don't do it in, in a, a bar. bar full of so many people but i guess the issue is that this guy it's like probably not worth his life to to Right, he's to, gonna to he's, fail. He's gonna so express he, that later on when he gets on the plane, right? Of like, well, my hey, life if I, doesn't matter. If I die, it doesn't matter as long as it furthers the cause. Exactly. So he's like, doesn't care. Um, but also, so this is where this is where Agent Pendrel gets shot. Yes, and he really was just like caught in the line of fire, right? Like he's flirting with with Scully, uh, nothing doing, and then Mustache Man comes in and like holds up a gun. Scully holds up a gun, and, like a couple of meat shields go down and. One of them is Agent Pendrel. Yeah, it's really upsetting. It, it's it's sort of the loss of innocence in that way, yeah, right? Because again, like, he was just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And he's such a good guy, always helping Scully out. Yeah, do you, I'm assuming there's someone to replace him, though, right? Much like Deep Throat was replaced kind by of. X. I think that Agent Pendrel is the only one that I like remember from a name perspective. I think they're all just like unnamed scientists yeah like now. random csi yeah. guys that are toadies that are going to help Mulder and scully yeah well we end this episode with with blood leaking out of agent pendrel and a secret leaking out from underwater as mm-hmm. Mulder finds uh, a dead ass alien body he does so he arrives at the crash site basically underwater and it's already being investigated and then he finds the alien body and then the bright light shines and then that's the end of tempest fugit tempest fugit and so we're going to displace in time maybe about 30 seconds to a minute. Um, when we come back, we'll talk math. But for now, here comes the bright light as we hear a word from our sponsors. Hey, it's Kate. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we're back. We're coming up from the water to take a breath and get into Max, even though Max is not in it. Max is not in it. Well, his his visage is in video. His Michelle visage. His Michelle visage. Exactly, Louis. Uh, so we start things off, uh, again, in a pretty intense way, because Mulder's going to come up like, oh my God, what was that? And then realizes, oh yeah, I'm being chased down now in a wetsuit. Mm-hmm. Not good. <laughs> no, it was, a, it was a weird, weird sequence to start the episode, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, because he's in a wetsuit, there's no real high-intense Jason Bourne-esque yeah. stuff you can do. It's more so he gets out of the water, plods along the road for a while, and then a jeep catches up to him and takes yeah. him at gunpoint. Yeah, exactly. So, and I don't know how far he thought he was going in a wetsuit, but not far. Not very far. Uh, and then we, we cut back, unfortunately, for Angela's sake, mm-hmm. to dead Pendril. Uh, and that's not all the blood being shed because Scully's nose is bleeding. And also, this is when Skinner arrives, too. Right, exactly. Uh, basically saying, like, hey, I'm here for, for Frisch, uh, because mm-hmm. basically he said that, oh, the military is putting him under arrest, claiming that he provided false testimony. Yeah, and she's like, the he's testifying against the military. Like, yeah. we can't give them to the military. They will kill him. Exactly. Like, <laughs> no, you can't put him... If he doesn't want to be eaten by tigers... Don't yeah. take him to the tiger exactly. cave. Uh, but he does, even though I don't believe Frisch doesn't die, but I, he's not in the rest of the episode, right? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, so I mean, remember the assumption is that he gets unceremoniously killed off camera. Yeah. So <laughs> Mulder is luckily able to, like, despite all the run-ins this guy has with the military, he's still able to get off pretty scot-free. Maybe it's, again, the power that he wields, but it seems mm-hmm. like they always take him, give him a light slap on the wrist, and then Scully comes to bail him out. Yeah, exactly. And so they're out. Now they're trying to figure out, like, what's going on. Mulder's going to catch Scully up about the underwater wreckage. It should be noted that Mulder has sort of, like, from a wardrobe perspective, falling apart mm-hmm. as well. Like, he doesn't even wear a tie this episode. His shirt's untucked. I like it. It's rugged. It's very rugged. And I guess, uh, you know, if, if he just got thrust out of his wetsuit and into a random change of clothes, like, maybe this isn't even his clothes. Yeah, I think that he probably just found something, um, like, I don't know, in a tool shed. <laughs> tool shed? <laughs> you know, like in the, uh, like a, I don't know, like a boathouse. Maybe, yeah. Maybe he just sort of grabbed, you know grabbed I mean? his change of clothes out of a boathouse. Um, yeah. (laughs) I don't know, I'm just thinking about it now. Now you're just thinking about if a change of wardrobe would exist in a bow house. Certainly not in a tool shed. 
Yeah, probably not in a tool shed. Maybe a boathouse. Unless, like, I don't know what you're getting up to. I, maybe if, if you feel like you need a change of clothes on hand, it, there would be in some sort of marina or something, but not in a tool shed. <laughs> okay, <laughs> moving on. This is when we find out that Sharon is a Max's sister. Right. I think she mentions it earlier, but I do think the point is driven home here. Yeah, that she is, uh, she's a former aeronautics employee, basically, but she met Max when they were institutionalized together. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's right. great. <laughs> well, I'm assuming the aeronautics experience came before that, though who's to say? Yeah, not... Um, I, I feel like this is like uh, getting too deep into your work makes you a little crazy type of thing. So they're going to go visit Max's old stomping grounds. Right. And so uh, do you remember AKA his trailer? Yeah. And this was this the trailer mm-hmm. that they saw in Fallen Angel? Yeah, it's the same trailer. It's his trailer. It's his house. But he just takes it wherever he goes. Right. And this is a trailer park where you just like sort yeah. of hitch your wagon and you, you hang out. Because it's a silver. It's like a silver stream. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so the usual, you know, crap is festooned in it. There, we talked about this before, like a grunge song about unmarked helicopters is playing in the tape player. Yes. <laughs> uh, but the the big to-do is the fact that Max videotaped mm-hmm. himself. He's got the old nightcap cap on. He probably has a little GoPro attached to that nightcap cap. Yeah, you think so? You think? Well, that was my question about how he got this um this military recovery video. Like, was he, he was clearly there videotaping it, but like... Was he dressed as one of the command? Like he was right up next. Oh, to them. oh, right. You're talking about Fallen Angel. Yeah, when they when they catch him. Uh, no, this episode where the video they're showing a video of him at oh, a yeah, crash right. site. How is he taking that video? Well, what's that part of the video though? I thought that was just like a VO over the sequence oh. where it was like he because he's just filming himself talking about. Oh, I went through this experience. I'm expected to be abducted again at any minute. No one's believing me. Yeah, but it's still a video of like a crash site. No, I thought it was just a video of himself talking. And then while he's talking and as he's saying, like, but how did he get that video? What video? The video that they're watching. They're just watching him talking. No, but there's a video of them finding an alien. No, that's that's in real life. Oh, okay. That's that's Max is just talking to the camera about how there's a government conspiracy to cover up aliens, and the thing is that we see them doing just that. I see. That I thought we, that he was taking that video, and no. I was like, that's a very close encounter with the people. No, it's it's sort of like his like almost last will and testament. I don't know if he thinks like, oh, just in case, you know, I, I get brought down for being the man who knew mm-hmm. too much. But yeah, it's basically like what he's saying is confirmed and that we see the the stuff that Mulder found before the military brings it up and essentially wipes it out. Okay. Uh, including the mustache guy. Yeah, no, you're right. Okay. And so with that, despite Mike Miller having seen a UFO, he calls off uh, the the flight five forty nine investigation. He said they they put over three thousand hours into it. So I guess my question is: Is it three thousand hours cumulatively, or did they spend? Because I guess no, it has to be cumulatively, right? Because now I'm thinking yes. like twenty four hours a day. That's like like one hundred days, and I don't think three plus months have passed. Right. And I think that they also are very much so um, used to doing this. Yeah. Like all hands on deck. Yes, exactly. Just put your nose to the grindstone. And basically, Mike Miller begrudgingly kind of says there's no <laughs> evidence right now to suggest uh, anything That's other it. than <laughs> that military narrative yeah. of, oh, it just happened to be, uh, you know, wrong place, wrong time. Wrong place, wrong time. Exactly. But on the DL, he does decide to listen out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's listening in on, on Mulder's theories about Max here. 
Yeah. So this is, is this where he shows him the, um, the thing in the trunk? No. So this is where we get sort of like Mulder's description mm, of what mm-hmm. happened. And yes. We do, and like, we see a, like a little like in play. Yeah. Like the pseudo flashback mm-hmm. as it were. Again, it's not a complete flashback because it's from Mulder's perspective, but right. basically he, he reasons that Max would have realized he was immediately in another abduction scenario mm-hmm. and basically saying like, well, Max uh, got abducted for those nine minutes, got put back, and it was the military fighter yes. plane that was in the wrong place, wrong time, because that was the, it fired upon the UFO and essentially sent everything into a tailspin. Yeah, so the UFO was just returning Max to the plane. Yeah. And they weren't doing anything like... Well, no, it, it took Max... And, and then, then was bringing him, him back. And then bringing him back. And yeah. when they were bringing him back, the airplane... The military airplane struck and killed everybody. Yeah, exactly. Because it was like, what's going on? I've got to fire on everything. I've been military, man. I, so we don't know if what Max experienced was this. Yes. I will say Mulder is a very vivid storyteller considering we see right. like Max. <laughs> I usually think when they show um, like flashbacks that are from another person's perspective, they're at least partially put in truth. Um, yeah, but I mean, Max has like a like a conniption. Yeah. Uh, before he get, and then he gets well, he pulled out seizures. of this plane on wires. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The anti-seizure medication. Yeah. So he was, I think probably just having a little seizure. Yeah. And so, uh, we see again, this, this pretty brutal mm-hmm. plane crash happening with everyone screaming as the plane goes down. Yeah. Exactly. Not great. I didn't like that part. But this is when Mulder decides to present the smoking gun. Yes. As it were, the nightcap cap. The nightcap cap. Um, which, is um wait Mulder presents it yeah, no this is where miller gives it to Mulder. oh right miller finds yeah it in the trunk. miller says there's one thing that they found that had radioactive presence mm-hmm. and it was this hat yeah and a luggage claim ticket right and so uh well no because that oh, right they get that in the mail yeah because Mulder's gonna go she, uh, scully's gonna go talk to sharon who yeah. has been institutionalized again right following her traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. Mulder's going to go to the trailer, which has been ransacked. Yeah, and also talk to the guy uh, that owns the trailer park, and he's like, do you want this guy's mail? Are you going to get rid of this trailer? Yeah. Go away. <laughs> Please get this, get get out of here. Yeah. And so this is when you spoke about before, that Mulder, you yeah. know, is going to go to the airport and say, oh, uh, I believe you have my luggage. Mm-hmm. Do you know what it looks like? No. He says, I think it's a small bag. And he goes, small bag, big bag, can't remember anything. I'm sorry, I don't remember the entire bag. Like, again, if he did not <laughs> present who he was, if you're an employee of the airport, like, do not give this to this so, man. So, first of all, yeah, the, that's the first point. He gives him the bag regardless of that, knowing who he is. Yeah. And then when Mulder realizes he's being stalked by the goons, mm-hmm. he... Tells the guy who gave him the bag, like, I'm a federal agent. I need a, I need an exit. Yeah. Basically, like, let me through your secret door into the terminal. Yeah. Basically, he says, I need an exit into a secure exit into the terminal. And the guy's like, all right. Well, because, <laughs> and so let's rewind a little bit, uh, because the bag is so important because when Scully interrogates Sharon, yes, she claims that there was something big, important and radioactive. That uh, she stole from their from the employer for Max, and essentially yes. it was apparently alien technology. Yes. They separated it into three parts. Uh-huh. Max had one. Max had one. She had one, but both parts were were taken. Where where's the third part go? I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where that third. Maybe the third part. She does say like there's one part which she had one that he brought on the plane and a third one. 
but like she doesn't say what the third one yeah, is. Yeah, I mean that that would be pretty important. I feel like even when you get those two parts together, the oh, third one the third one is the one that Mulder picks up at the at the luggage claim ticket. Okay, so one, one was on the plane. With oh, Max. so one went down with Max. Yes, Sharon has one, and Mulder now has it in the bag. Yeah, so I wonder if the if the you know, the mustache man was able to scavenge that, or if that that yeah. one piece of technology got destroyed when the plane crashed. Um. I'm not sure, but then Mulder does something truly wild here. He gets on a plane with it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, Mulder. He just cavalierly goes to because, the airport because he to wants, return to Washington with it. Because he wants to test... Well, first of all, he wants to GTFO. But yeah. To that point, you could also be like, just drive. But no, he wants to test it. I think it. he does want to test and that, it. And I know you, we talked about this wild. actually when we were watching, right? That like... Mulder is someone who, when he sees that tempting offer yeah. in front of him, like he's never going to stave temptation uh, unless he's really, really forced to. So if he's like, oh, uh, this weird thing that can make you possibly get abducted by aliens. OK, let me trigger it and see what <laughs> yeah. happens. Wild. But that also the mustache guy goes with him. Yeah, the mustache guy is able to fly him on. And we sort of get it at gunpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Where like mustache man sits next to him and Mulder holds a gun. He's like, where are you him. from? <laughs> but this is when the mustache man goes into this entire monologue, right? Mm-hmm. About uh, sacri- like having to sacrifice yourself for, for the greater good. Apparently, his dialogue was inspired by like a speech that Orson Welles gave. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, that does make sense, right? But this Very whole, intense monologue. <laughs> very intense, very dramatic, very heavy. Uh, but still, you know, in this case, Mulder is able to trap him in the bathroom. And again comes out with a gun. Yeah. This guy was able to get on a plane twice with a gun. <laughs> yeah, well, no, that was the, the bald guy the first time. The but mustache still. guy. But still, this, this organization... Whoever the I guess this is like the military, whoever they hired, they know a really how to good get job. guns on planes. Yeah, they're they're able to really fashion some great firearms out of nothing, so really crazy. MacGyvering it here. Uh and so basically, you know, Mulder despite Mulder's best evasive maneuvers, uh then all of a sudden UFO! UFO! I legitimately was like, how the hell is he gonna get out of this one? Yeah, but the UFO, as we realized now, was never in it to, like, destroy the people. They just yeah. wanted the device back. Yeah, which is why it took math. It didn't take math because it's like, oh, yeah, you're a person of interest. It was, you have this thing. Yes, and they meant and they meant to return him, and they do the same which with Mulder. Which is why they went to, to Sharon as well. It's, yeah. it's like, oh, we don't want you. We just want our stuff back. And they, so Mulder appears, and he's missing nine minutes. Yep, uh, and the mustache man is gone. And he's he, gone, too. He gets taken out. Uh, again, it's like super sloppy. Uh, that's that's mm-hmm. fine that he then ends up losing his his job here. Though Mulder, you know, smarms here. Oh, he got a connecting flight because <laughs> Scully's gonna Scully yeah. and Skinner right are gonna are gonna show up at the terminal trying to figure out what. Well, happened because to him. he said he had the guy. He was like, "I'm on the plane. I got the guy." Um, like you know. meet me at meet yeah. me at the airport. Meet me outside. And so uh, Mulder only decide to bequeath Max's stuff to Sharon, mm-hmm. uh, which she's grateful for. And Scully has to sort of memorialize her own mm-hmm. dead in her life because she she basically is like wondering out loud, like, wow, I did not even know Agent Pendrel's first name. No, but I think it's fair. I mean, I'm, they I'm were assuming just... it was Biscotti. <sighs> Don't speak ill of the dead. I will. I won't. He was. He, I wouldn't say it wasn't even a sacrifice. It was like again, wrong place, yeah, wrong time. Poor, poor Pendrel. But um, yeah, Scully's just like, I feel bad. Yeah, once she, she finishes with this big final speech mm-hmm. about how. You can never forget, like, as much as we always memorialize those who are at the end goal, yes. we can't forget those who, who made sacrifices along there. the way. Exactly. Yeah. One no, small true. step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Apollo. Eleven. Mm-hmm. 
Um, space. Space. Uh, and that's Tempest Fugit and Max. Woohoo! Yeah, so it's interesting. Uh, I feel like we talked about, when we talked about Memento Mori, uh-huh. we said, oh, this is one episode that feels like it could have been two. This is two episodes that definitively could have been one. I completely agree. I think that it wasn't that I didn't enjoy these episodes. I just sort of questioned their existence. Yeah. So here's the thing. I don't, these are not of my top favorite episodes in the X-Files ever. I just feel like they are important to the overall arc from a perspective of Max and, and the alien. No, it was, I, I liked, and, I liked after meeting him that it was good to like come back around. Yeah. And I think that like, yes, we could have done a different arc. We could have done, you know, whatever, but I feel like no, it's we're not so going important. to Russia. <laughs> I think it's important for us to have uh, talked about that. So what's next, Bloom? What's next, Other Bloom, is that we are going to keep going with some ARC episodes. This wasn't really an ARC episode. It wasn't Monster of the Week, but I feel like... What, the ones we just watched? Yeah, like they were ARC-y. They were ARC-adjacent. ARC-adjacent. Because they weren't connected to the main ARC. Again, like colonization. Yeah, no, it had nothing to do with it. It was kind of just like aliens. (laughs) All right, so we are going to be doing uh, two episodes... A few episodes after the conclusion of Max, mm-hmm. we've got episode 21, Zero Sum, and episode 23, Demons. Yeah, so I think people are going to be like, why aren't you doing small potatoes? We're just not. Sorry. Yeah, I know we got a couple things about that. Apologies. Listen, this is our rewatch. Maybe if we do, like, when all this is done, if there's like we'll a. We'll go back and watch yeah, some, like, heavy the, hitters. Yeah, that if, we there's, if there's like a wraparound episode of, like, here are some miscellaneous Monster of the Week episodes that you missed, maybe yeah, we'll do that. Because I think when we're doing a rewatch of a whole series, like, there's stuff in these other episodes that Mike needs to know. Otherwise, he will not understand what yeah. happens in the future. I, and I heard that Small Potatoes was, like, the rare comedy episode in season it's four. It's kind of funny. They got tails. The baby's got tails. But yeah, yeah, we're doing Zero Sum and Demons. So these are two arc episodes, but they're separate. They are separate. It's not a two-part arc episode. No, it's not a two-parter. They're just tied to the the overall mythology of the X-Files. Okay, that's that's exciting. Yeah, and then we'll finish out season four the following week. I know. I can't believe we're all again. Like, this is is the sort of the height of the X-Files, right? Well... Uh, yes season four and season five five really i love season five oh my goodness well then i cannot wait to get to that but we've still got a couple (laughs) weeks so again next week season four episode 21 zero sum season four episode 23 demons Uh, if you have any thoughts about that of course email us bloomfiles at postshowrecaps.com xfiles at postshowrecaps.com like spencer does like the great birthday boy brennan fitzpatrick does uh we're excited to hear your thoughts about these episodes in season four at large tweet us at ange Pelagi, at a mike bloom type at post show recaps but other than that i always forget about the spook of the week until the final seconds and now i'm molder and i'm just gonna keep on just, clapping yeah please stop clapping um i don't know i guess max uh no how about sharon <laughs> sharon yeah she's spooky and she's spooky and she was unfortunately drawn to like this weapon, i think she's this weapon heist. not only is she spooky but she's somebody who just like needed needs to like take a real good look at herself <laughs> in the mirror yeah there are no there were no mirrors where uh where sharon was at any point in time in this episode maybe it's because she's a vampire uh-huh maybe a collusion between the vampires to steal alien technology that the government's trying to cover up no <laughs> All right. Maybe I need to watch more X-Files so I Maybe. can wrap my brain around it. Again, Maybe. next week, Zero Sum, Demons, 
Thank you all for listening. Until next week, case closed. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.